Wow, good morning. Great to be here. I am, uh, honestly, I love this event. It's amazing to me. I saw it just a second ago on the slide over there. It said, what, 2015 established, 2015 men's breakfast. Hard to believe. I remember when Johnny called me and asked me, hey, is this, are, are you cool with us doing this? I said, absolutely, start this up. And uh, I think, gosh, where were we meeting at that time? It was maybe over here in one of these rooms that we had, I think was maybe the first, I know, I know it started in a restaurant, I think, but it but moved over here and then moved up to 180 and now to, to just see, in fact, as I pulled on the, the property this morning and actually before I pulled onto the property this morning, seeing all kind of, I'm coming in behind all kind of trucks and I know what that is, it's, it's dudes coming to men's breakfast at uh, 6.45 in the morning. Man, what, what, a, what a thing. And uh, I, I really am, um, I'm just stirred. In fact, Johnny and I have been text, texting a little bit this week. I'm stirred at the possibility of what this could mean. I, I really believe that one of the greatest avenues for this sent, as the Father sent me and what Johnny said, so true, uh, you're not where you are by accident. And unfortunately, uh, in America, and maybe we could even say in Western Christianity, there's a lot of reasons for this. I'll talk about it this weekend if you want to know kind of why I think this is. But there's a, what we call a sacred-secular divide. And a lot of us live our lives like God's kind of out there somewhere, and I'm here. And, uh, and if I need something or he needs something, we know how to get in touch with each other. But most of my life is my life. And then there's a couple of sacred parts of my life. And that would include going to church or being at things like this or being in a small group. Those are the sacred things. Those are the things God cares about. But the rest of it is kind of my thing. And God wants me to be honest and have integrity and all of those sorts of things. But we don't think of our work as sacred. And when you start to think of your work as sacred, that the people who do... Uh, ministry full-time employed by a church or some parachurch ministry aren't the only ones doing God's work. But you start to realize that where you are, in the business you're in, in the workplace you are, that is your ministry. Gosh, when you see that, it unlocks everything. And honestly, I think it's one of the greatest mission fields that we have in the United States. Because that's where we're bumping in. That's where light and darkness are kind of coming in contact with each other. And so I just, I, I want to see us, and I, I've talked to Johnny about this just a little bit via text, but we're committing to this year, how do we leverage workplace leaders like never before to see God work, not just inside the walls of the church, but all around the community. So I want to just say hats off to Johnny, to Mark, to the team that puts all this together. Could we just give them a round of applause just to say thank you for what they've built here? So cool. We don't, we don't do this as a church. We've started, we've kind of started to finally wise up and go, hey, maybe we ought to be a part of this thing. I mean, of course, we show up and a lot of our guys show up, but I just mean, man, how could we put our resource behind this? And so I'm, I'm excited to do that this year. It's truly tremendous. All right, would you, if you have a phone or, uh, I'm going to put it on the screen, but if you have a Bible even, I want to direct your attention. We're going to look at uh, John chapter 15. God gave me a couple of verses. I, I thought a lot about what to, to share with you. And I want us to read through uh, John 15. We're going to look at verses one. There it is up there uh, on the screen if you want to follow along with me. In fact, I'll just read it from up there. This is Jesus speaking. 
He says, I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Let, 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 me, let me just say this. Every branch in me. When you come to Christ, you are now in Christ. So when he says every branch in me, that's what he's talking about. Every branch that bears no fruit, he cuts it off. Now look at this though. This is powerful. And this is really the text that I want to spend our time this morning focusing on. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be, and let's read those two yellow words together, even more fruitful. Let's say that again, even more. Are you ready? One, two, three. Even more. Johnny said just a second ago, we believe that 2020 will be the best year of your life if it's your best year spiritually. We believe that even more is possible for you in 2020. That God, wherever you find yourself, whatever your, your spiritual status is, and I, I look around and I see a lot of men that I know, a lot of guys that I know are good family men, love their wives well, are passionately pursuing God. I, I see guys that are, are uh, wonderful fathers that I've seen. I see guys around the room that I, I know God has done a work in your life. You're not the same guy you used to be. But can I tell you, God wants to do even more in you, that where you are is not where you will be or can be, that even more is possible. This is a word for every single one of us, even more. And maybe you're here this morning, you go, what I need even more, because I'm kind of at the bottom right now. Maybe you showed up this morning and it's been a difficult season for you. Maybe 2020 is not off to a great start or maybe it's just a continuation of all the junk you've been going through at the end of 2019. I get it. Maybe you came in here in a difficult place and you're hungry for even more. This word is for you. Even more is possible, but I want you to notice something. There's a qualifier. There's a connection. It's not just, hey, I'm just going to make you even more fruitful. What does he say? He says that every branch in me that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Here's the deal. Pruning and even more go together. You want even more for this year, it's going to come with pruning. Now, what is pruning? Well, pruning is the removal of stuff, and I think we kind of get this. If you've done any landscaping work at all, cutting back, I don't know, trees, or, or we got fountain grass up at the front of our house, got a lot of fountain grass, and sometime here in this, the, the early part of this year, we'll go out there and we'll cut all that fountain grass down, because if we don't, it won't grow back again the way that it should. We prune it so that it can be even more fruitful. I see uh, back here in the back, I think somewhere back in here, I, there you guys are, Nick's Tree Service back here. Yeah, I had these guys come and deal with my trees this last year. Did a great job, but whenever they first do what they do, you kind of go, what happened to my trees? They trim it back. They prune your trees so that they can be even more fruitful because they know that if we don't deal with some of the, the branches that need to be pruned away, the tree will never realize its potential. Gang, it works the same way with you. 
Pruning happens in your life so that you can realize your potential. And this is how God works with us. We want God to grow us and we want God to bless us and we want God to take us into a new season and we're excited about 2020 and as we make that promise that 2020 can be the best year of your life if it's your best year spiritually, I know a lot of guys are like, yes, that's wonderful, but how does that happen? What do I do? And it is, it is the, the you know, the, the taking on of some new practices and habits. And as Johnny referenced, the 21-day challenge. And I would love for you to be a part of that. That's a great thing. I'm not minimizing that at all. But it's not just the addition of things into your life that's going to change you. In fact, the most powerful thing that might happen to you this year is via subtraction. It's letting go of some things, letting go of some habits, releasing a secret, letting go of some of the dark places in your life so that you can be even more fruitful. There's a myth in our culture about how success works. Some of you have seen me show this slide before, but a lot of us think that this is how things should go. That if you're following God or if you're doing it right, if you're living by the correct principles, that life might work something like this. There's a slow period from birth to, oh, about 20 years old. And then after that, sharply up and to the right. And that when you're doing it right, things just keep getting better and better and better. It's like a staircase. You just keep rising and rising and rising, ascending and ascending and ascending. Can I tell you, this is a myth. And this is not how God leads us. This isn't what your marriage should look like. This might give you good, good this might uh, uh, be, I don't know, comforting to you this morning. Marriage, a good marriage doesn't look like this. Uh, a successful career doesn't look like this. Can I even go a, fur- a step further? A successful, or I don't even like that word, a fruitful walk with God doesn't look like this. It looks a lot more like this. What you're seeing there on that graph is growth followed by pruning, growth followed by pruning, growth followed by pruning. And if you've lived long enough, you followed Jesus long enough, you know that this is true. There are some times in your life where it feels like, man, I'm just on an upward climb. It's just like God's pouring out blessing on you. It just feels easy, no matter, it's like whatever you do, it just seems to be working. And then there are other times where God feels a million miles away and it's still and it's quiet and you don't seem to be gaining that much ground or maybe not all that much is happening and you're going, what is going on? Could it be? God has you in a pruning season. Same principle applies to my marriage. This is exactly what my marriage looks like. And here's what God does. There's growth and then there's, then there's pruning. There's growth and then there's pruning. And friends, this is the cycle in which all life works. All life works like this. We see it in the way that our year functions. Every time we're about to go into a spring season and there's going to be life and then it's gonna die out come the fall and into the winter and then it's gonna happen again and new growth is about to happen. I mean, new growth is just a few weeks away. But there has to be a, 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 a fall. There has to be a winter so that that new growth can come. We see the same thing for those of you who are uh, gym rats. You guys like to work out. You, you understand the concept of how muscle building works, don't you? Whenever you're lifting weights or whenever you're pushing your body, you do understand that you're literally tearing your muscles apart. 
Do you get that? Your muscles are breaking down, but that breakdown is what enables the build back up. I haven't learned this principle in my own life yet. I'm aware of it here, not so much in, in, in the body. And so when we talk about an even more life, even more fruitful friends, that's what it looks like. That's even more. So God gives you season of growth, and then there are seasons of pruning. Why does he do this? Why does God do this? Well, here's, I think, the reason why. is because God isn't just trying, and you could put this slide up, to get you somewhere, men. He's wanting to make you someone. And it's in the growth, and it's in the pruning, it's in the push forward, it's in the pull back that that growth and that change in you. Can I tell you, that's what's happened in my life. This is a, a technical theological term for this. It's called progressive sanctification. You're born again. You're empowered with the spirit of God and it is life-changing. But progressive sanctification is what happens over the course of the rest of your life where little by little, more and more, you're becoming formed, shaped, pruned into the image of Jesus Christ. And I don't know about you, I am the pastor of a church, but I ain't quite Jesus yet. And that's what even more is like. And that's what life is like on this planet. That's what I go through. That's the process of life as I, I live, I grow, I go through another year of 21-day challenge and all the things that happen in my life, I'm becoming shaped and formed. If I allow God to do his work, I become shaped and formed into the image of Christ, which, by the way, that's what even more looks like for you. You want to know what even more looks like? It's not always greater sales numbers and a bigger team and, and more and more. And see, that's the life that, or that's the lie that we live in, is that more is always more. But that's not how it works in the kingdom of God. More often comes through less. More often comes through pruning more often comes through losing, letting go of something. Friends, we serve a Savior who accomplished everything by going to a cross. There's no greater apparent defeat on the outside, but no greater victory in the spiritual. And that's what we serve, strength through weakness. So it's not always more, more, more. And maybe this year, the greatest thing that could happen to you is a season of pruning. So how does that happen and what does it look like? I want to just give you three thoughts on pruning. And honestly, I have a watch up here, but you guys flash a light at me or wave at me or something if I end up going too long. I don't have a ton to go through, so I don't anticipate that, but I honestly don't know how long I'm going here. So anyways, you feel free to do that, Johnny. Okay, three things I want to share with you about pruning and, uh, and then I'll get you out of here this morning. Three things. The first thing is this. Embrace the season that you're in. Really important that you know what kind of season you're in right now. Are you in a, just one of those growth seasons where God is near? Where it's just like God's showering blessing on you? Everything, it just seems like, man, I'm just in a, a great season. It's exciting. I feel like God's moving and working in me. And I just have this sense of anticipation and excitement. Maybe that's the case. If that's the case for you, praise God. Rejoice. 
You ought to revel and, and rejoice in a season like that. It's a wonderful thing to be, be in. I've been in those seasons. You're closer with your wife. Seems like you're gaining ground in relationship or doing well at school. Wherever you find yourself, it's just like God is moving. God is at work. Then praise God. But it's also important that maybe some of you recognize, hang on a second, I think I might be in a pruning season. And some of you might be like, what, I feel like I'm far from God, but I don't know if it's God that's doing it. It might just be me. I've made some really stupid choices in the past. You know what I think God does? I think he uses our stupid choices. I think God uses the bad decisions that we make. I think God uses the difficult times that we get in and when we find ourselves, if we'll allow him, when we find ourselves far from God, distant from God, maybe in a really difficult place, maybe you're in a bit of a desert right now, a bit of a spiritual wilderness right now. You can lament it or you can embrace it and say, I'm here. Maybe it's because God wants to show me something. Can I just be honest with you? The last, I don't know how long. Maybe I might say the last, um, I don't know, six months. I'm not sure. Maybe the last year was a little bit of just kind of a pruning season for me. Maybe I might even say, yeah, it's probably been about a year, I think. It's just been about a, a, just a, a year of a pruning season. For those of you that know, uh, I, I, I took over from my dad two and a half years ago. By the way, man, my dad, just unbelievable leadership to do that. He told me recently, he said, you know, I mean, my dad's, what, 67, a lot of life left in him. I mean, you guys heard him preach last month. The dude can still bring it. And... Uh, um, so, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, Church on the Move was struggling for a pastor. He said, Whit, I, I just looked at you and I said, hey, I, you know, he's 40 years old or almost 40 years old at the time when we started talking about this a little bit, little bit before 40. And he said, how long would I want to sit around and wait? He said, Whit served here faithfully for so long. He said, I think it's time I wouldn't want to sit here and wait that much longer. I, I mean, you guys talk about leadership, incredible, selfless leadership. So I honor that. But... Uh, I got to be honest with you, <laughs> and this is a little bit embarrassing to admit this, but it's the truth. I had this thought that whenever I became the pastor of the church, that it wouldn't be long before Church on the Move started growing in a significant way. And it hasn't happened. In fact, I've managed to do the opposite. I've managed to shrink the church a little bit in the last couple of years. Some of you are like, well, yeah, your dad's a legend. I mean, come on. Well, I didn't realize that. I grew up with him. I know what he's like at home, you know? It's like, I know all the, my, my dad says that we came up under the table so we can see all the boogers and gum under there. And it's just like, we see all the junk. But you guys are like, no, that's my hero. Hey, me too. I get it. I understand it. But I, I just have to say, it's been, of a, it's been a bit of a pruning season for me at Church on the Move. And don't get me wrong, I'm not, I'm not here saying, woe is me, I don't know what's going on. I'm not, I'm not saying that. Guys, I'm still as confident as ever that the best days for Church on the Move are in the future. I, I don't believe we've passed the glory days. I, I know there's God's doing something, but I also am smart enough to recognize that we're in a pruning season. And I know that pruning seasons can be difficult and they're scary because it's in the pruning season you go, is this ever going to end? When will this shift? When will this change? But maybe it's in the pruning season that God's trying to get me to lay something down. 
Maybe it's in the pruning season that God's trying to drive me inward so that I can say, what's going on in here? Maybe there's something in my identity. Maybe there's something in my desires that needs to be changed that I need to release so that I can be the leader that not only God wants me to be for me, for my family, but also for our church. That's what pruning seasons are for. So it's important that you embrace this season that you're in so that you can hear from God in that season. Because when you're in the pruning season, trust me, he's trying to tell you something. So pay attention to the season that you're in. The second thing I want to tell you is this, face the snake that's poisoning you. Face the snake that's killing you, poisoning you. Some of you were at our services this weekend, and you may maybe heard me talk a little bit about this. I'm going to talk about it again. In Numbers 21, there's a weird story. You might have heard it before. It's a story of the Israelites coming out of Egypt. They're out of Egypt, and they're in the desert, and they're with Moses. And it says that they're grumbling and complaining against God and against Moses. And it says that God sends these venomous snakes into their camp and these snakes start biting uh, the children of Israel and people start dying. And so they start freaking out. They're like, what's going on? So they go to Moses and they say, we're sorry. We've been complaining. We've been griping. We repent. Go to God. Do something. What should we do? And so Moses does. He goes to God. And God tells him what to do. And it's the strangest story. I've read this several times. I don't know if you've read this or heard this story before and wondered what in the world is going on. It's a weird story. God tells Moses, put a snake, take one of those snakes, make a bronze snake, put it up on a pole and hold that pole up. And anybody who looks at the snake will be healed. I have wondered for so long, what does that mean? Now, there's definitely, definitely, in fact, in John 3, and we talked about this this last weekend, that there's reference to Christ in all of this, absolutely. Not trying to minimize that at all. But I also think part of the meaning is this, that you have to face the thing that's poisoning you in order to be healed. Healing can come in your life, but it only comes when you're willing to face reality. And a lot of us spend our lives running from what's true about us. Can I tell you what God wants to do in the pruning seasons is he's trying to cut out of of your life the things that aren't your most authentic, true self. See, every single one of us, even when when we're young, we start picking up defense mechanisms. We start picking up lies about ourselves. We start picking up ways of being with people that aren't truly who God has made and crafted us to be. And it's certainly not us in the image of Christ, but we pick these things up and we carry them through our lives. And we don't often realize how dangerous and poisonous these behaviors, these defense mechanisms, these lies are about ourselves. And so we carry them through life. And most of us, here's the unfortunate thing. We live in a culture where we're so busy moving from this thing to that thing, this kid's practice to that thing, this committee, this thing I got to do, working two jobs, trying to afford the house. It's like, man, listen, we're busy, 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 and we have no time to slow down to see what's going on in the inside of us. And let me tell you why that's important. Because if you can't slow down to see what's going on in the inside of you, you can never be healed from it. And gang, I get to sit down with guys 
regularly, who it's like, this is marriage number three. This is issue number four. It's like, we just keep circling the same mountain. And I'm like, are we going to ever get breakthrough here? But we're never going to find breakthrough as long as the problem is out there. We've got to take responsibility, and that starts with facing the thing on the inside of us that's killing us. That might mean admitting, I have a porn problem. That might mean admitting, I don't know, I'm trying to please people to a degree that is really unhealthy, or, or, I, or, or, or I fear my dad, and I'm, and I'm a grown man, what's up with that? Or, or I have a wound. As, man, I, I, I don't know if you got to hear uh, Kirby Anderson's uh, Men's Breakfast talk, which I don't know what month that was. Absolutely tremendous. If you're wanting to know what it looks like to face the snake, listen to that podcast. He went through it beautifully. Talked about having to go sit down and have a graveside chat with his dad who'd been gone for years and years in his life, but had to have that conversation. Why? Is that just psychological mumbo jumbo? No, that's facing the snake so that you can be healed. And friends, your wife needs you to face the snake. Your kids need you to face the snake. Your coworkers, your boss, your employees need you to face the reality of who you are so that you can be even more fruitful this year. That's what pruning is about. And maybe if you're in that quiet season, and I can't think of a better time to do this than 21 days of prayer and fasting, is that when we're hungry and when we're longing for something that we've said, God, I'm laying down, to let that hunger drive us inward to say, okay, God, what's going on here? What do you want to do in me this year? What is it that you're after? And let God start to reveal to you. And the good news is he'll do it gently. He'll, he'll bring it. He's not here to berate you or to beat you down with a baseball bat. He, he's lovingly trying to draw out of you uh, the poison that's killing you. I want us to read. This is uh, what is we got a, a Hebrews 12 here. Brought some verses from Hebrews 12. Look at this. And wherever we read hardship and discipline, I want you to think of pruning because it's the same concept. But listen how t- the writer of Hebrews frames This idea, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the father of spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us. What is that? For our good, in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline. And this is the, this is the pruning season. And this is the truth. I love that the Bible doesn't uh, wink at this. It doesn't try to sugarcoat it. He just tells you straight up. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. It's painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest. You know what a harvest is? It's the same idea, even more fruitful. That's what harvest is, even more fruitful. Harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled. And I love this last part, but rather be healed. Do you want to be healed from what's poisoning you? You have to face it. 
You have to face it. And that's what groups are about. That's why we do small groups. That's why the church is a community. Men, the church is not just a purveyor of spiritual goods where you come to be fed on a weekly basis. Listen, I'm all for the teaching of the word. I love the teaching of the word. I love Bible teaching. I love, and I'm honored to be able to to stand in a place where uh, there's a rich heritage of that. But listen, the church is not just a a communication device. It's a community. That's why it's not framed as a microphone in the scripture. It's framed as a body and a bride. What happens in those places? There's there's systems. There's relationship between systems. And there's cooperative uh, relationship that goes on. And friends, that's that's what the church is for. That's what small groups are for, is so that we can face the snake in community. We can look at our ourselves and say, okay, I'm going to admit this about me. I'm going to tell the truth about myself and then find help and healing along the way. Last thing is this. Take the long view. Take the long view. Uh, what does that mean? It means, guys, do you have, can, can we go back to that slide? Go back to the slide with the up and down graph, just the, the, the good one, that one. Look at that. See, we're so programmed to see pruning as loss that many of us, I, I might even venture to say that men especially are averse to it because we're taught from a real early age that you should win at everything. We celebrate Michael Jordan. Why? Because he never lost a championship. 6-0, and baby, in the finals. LeBron, not the same way, right? So we kind of, tra- you know, it's like, you know, we're arguing like who the greatest is, and we argue who the greatest is by how much they win. And so we're a little bit pruning a verse because we think that everything should just keep going and going. But I want you to notice, the line is still going up to the right, the line of your marriage is still going up to the right. Even though it's not linear, even though it's not, you know, constantly ascending, even though there are some down seasons, we're still rising upward. And that's why it's important that we take the long view because it's in the, the positive and the negative that God does his work. And when we step back and we can say, God is doing something in me. And right now it's a difficult season. Right now I feel like I'm being drawn back. I, I, I look back here at, at Stephen Posey, one of my dear friends, and I heard him say recently that the best year of his life spiritually was also the worst year of his life. And God did something. Many of you, you know Stephen's story. But God did something in him. I look down here and I see uh, Lee Martin. And same, same deal. God did something. And some of the greatest, in fact, Lee, and I know you guys, I know you would say that probably some of the greatest years of spiritual growth were the years that your life fell apart the most by your own choices. But it was where God did his greatest work. And if you don't take the long view, all you can see is the short-term loss and you go, ah, and you panic and you try to pull up and you go, ah, I got to get out of this. I got to get success. I got to get, I got to, I got to start winning again. And, and, And we don't have the presence and the patience to sit in the pruning season. Uh, where God needs us to be so that we can be even more fruitful. Man, I'm convinced that God wants more fruit from you this year. That there's a better relationship with you. You may have been married for 50 years. You may have just a, a rock solid marriage. Even more fruit is possible. 
There's even more fruit possible in your business, even more fruit possible with your friendships. If you're in school, wherever you find yourself, man, there is even more possible with your relationship with God. But it's only going to come when we embrace that pruning season. And I pray that, uh, that we'll be willing to do that. I pray I am willing to do that this year, to continue to embrace the pruning season God's got me in so that one day I can be even more fruitful. Amen? Would you bow your heads? Heavenly Father, thank you for this group of men. Wow. Leaders. Uh, Lord, men who want to be. They're here at 645 on Friday, Lord. That is a sign of the desire of their heart to be a better husband, father, student, leader, whatever you've got for them, Lord. See the cry of their heart. And many of them, Lord, are hungry. They've heard this word today and they're like, yes, I want that. I want even more fruitful. They didn't just show up for a good breakfast. They want to be even more fruitful this year. Lord, give them steps. For some of them, they're about to head into a growth season. Praise God, may we give you glory as we go through that season. But Lord, for those who are heading into a pruning season or in the middle of a pruning season, Lord, I pray that your good work would be done in them in Jesus' name. Heads bowed, eyes closed. I wanna just uh, offer an opportunity this morning. Maybe you're here this morning, you say, Whit, I, I... I'm here and maybe my pruning season is I'm not right with God. I need Jesus in my life. Our mission at Church on the Move, we say, is to introduce people to the real Jesus. And maybe you'd say, wait, I've been playing games with God. Maybe that means you've never had a saving faith or maybe you have, but you're just saying, I've been playing games with God and I'm ready to get serious. I am, I'm, I'm, I'm committing to put Jesus first in my life in 2020 in a whole new way and I need that. If that's you this morning, I'm gonna ask you to do something bold here in the presence of all your brothers, but heads down, eyes closed. Would you just raise your hand and say, Wait, that's me. That's me. I need that in my life this morning. I got a hand back here. Thank you, sir. Over here to my right. Thank you so much. Anybody else? I'm just going to wait for just a second. Yes, I see you over here. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, sir. Right over there. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? want to just pause here for a second. All right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to invite us all to just pray a prayer. Would you all just repeat this after me? It's just a prayer. We're going to pray just a, a prayer of consecration. That just means commitment to God in a whole new way in 2020. Repeat this after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, this year I commit to follow you wherever you may lead, whatever that looks like, whatever you ask, I am willing. I lay down my pride, my ego, my schedule to follow you. Lord Jesus, have first place in my life. And I know that as I give you my life, you will make me even more fruitful. I want to be like you, Jesus. Thank you for working with me. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much.